Okay, every so often, it's important to review and remind ourselves where we've come from and where we're going. Often, in our journey with God, it can be a challenge. Thank you. <clears throat> Lord, I can't see what you're doing, and I can't see where I'm going. Have you ever felt that way? Many of the time. That's because we're called to live by faith, not by sight. Faith can be a very frustrating thing when you're trying to work it out. Because our natural tendency is to look at the things outwardly and to react to what we see rather than what we hear God say or what we remember that God has said. Now, God is not mean. He's a loving father and he knows that. He understands that. So he's gone to great lengths to help us. And he gives us pictures to help us to see what he's actually saying to us and to help us to take hold of something a bit more substantial because faith sometimes is a bit sort of, it seems airy-fairy, although I assure you it is very solid substance, substantial stuff. So this morning I want to draw our attention to this and to recognize afresh that God is truly speaking to us and we are truly following. So, oh look, it's appeared on the screen. So, yes, that's what I'm speaking about. So, now, if we cast our minds back, do you remember that picture? I shared about a ship in dry dock. Now, do you know, I was trying to work it out. It's probably getting on for two and a half or maybe even three years when I first received this picture. Wow, that's a long time ago. God's timings aren't ours, necessarily. <clears throat> and the message I felt God was communicating to us was that as a church, we were like that ship. We were in dry dock and that we hadn't reached our ultimate purpose. <clears throat> if you like, we were in a stage of preparation. We were destined for something far bigger. The open waters of the big blue sea. God wanted us to be prepared for launching into something much, much bigger than we had become accustomed to. He was saying... It's time to launch, and it's all hands on deck. There'll be some disturbance, there'll be movement, and you may feel a little seasick. You may feel like you've lost your bearings at times, but it's all part of the process. So, we have launched out. We have moved. Glory to God. Amen. We are fulfilling a command of the Lord towards us. This is fulfillment, partial fulfillment of what heaven is speaking to us. I'm trying to show you this is the way it works. Well, it doesn't feel very amazing. It's like whatever. But this is it. This is how it works. So we've been spending time getting used to a new feeling to church. Once we've got over that initial plunge into the water, and that, if you're like me, it's like, it's not going to be, it's too cold. Do you splash water on you or do you just dive straight in? Getting used to the changing tide and the currents. We're in a different atmosphere now. It's a different realm. But it is no passenger ferry, nor is it a cruise ship. Oh, that's a very big ship, that one. <clears throat> 
We've been launched with a purpose beyond ourselves. And every person is a member of the crew. From the engine room to the bridge. And perhaps we're getting used to different roles. And now that we're on the water, the Lord is wanting to turn us into the wind of his spirit. For us to set sail into the deeps. And this is it, ladies and gentlemen. And it's in the script. And I didn't talk to Ben about what he was saying. Thunderbirds are go. So be encouraged. We are outworking heaven's mandate towards us. Be encouraged. Remember that. You know, when, when it's getting hard and you're thinking, what's going on? And I'm not sure. And da, 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 da. This is what it's like. Movement. There's jostling and change and adjustment and whoops and, a, you know, oh, mind me back. And, but that's all part of it, okay? Yeah. Especially when you start to hit a headwind and it's like, this is harder than I expected. Ooh. So that was one word that we had towards us. The next word I want to remind you about, and there's another one which I couldn't squeeze in here, but for another time. I want us to remind us of the word roots, not the novel, for those who are old enough to remember. But I'm sure you'll remember this is quite recent amongst us. Uh, at Elizabeth Jones's dedication, who's over there, uh, Lee Jackson, who's one of the invited guests, brought a word amongst us. Um, just wave at me if you were there when he, yeah, most of you. Uh, and he just felt a word from the Lord. And he came up and he just shared a word of encouragement saying, the Lord's saying, you're doing just fine. But you need to develop your roots as well now. So there was like affirmation from Father. And now there's some work to do about roots. Okay. Now, I was really excited about that because it went ping inside me. And I thought, aha, a few months earlier, uh, both Kathy and I had received the same word separately. The word radical. If you remember, I did a preach on that. There we go. So I'm going to do a really quick resume. This is the dictionary definition, which is extremely prophetic. Right. This is what God was saying that we are. Uh, we are radical um, and it's our, in our nature. It's our composition. We are this. Uh, radical is marked by considerable departure from the usual or traditional. I like that. Um, Within surgery, it's about removing the diseased part of the body or diseased tissue. Oh, yeah, that's what we are, salt and light. We remove stuff out of society, as um, uh, Hannah was sharing, alluding to earlier. Um, radical, favoring or making extreme changes in existing views, habits, conditions or institutions. Yeah, let's change things around here. Of denoting a political group associated with views, practices, and policies of extreme change. Come on, guys. This is us. We're about extreme change. We will be radical about this. We can't go on the same way we've always been going on. And this is point number four. Of or growing from the root. So basically, radical is another word for um, root. Thank you very much. I'm glad somebody's listening. Okay. So what's my point? Okay, well, it's reminding and looking back. Um, last Friday week, the prayer meeting for the church at the Kelly's house, we were just praying, and I just had this 
picture in my head of roots. I thought that's interesting. And I was, that was slightly better, thank you. Um, Mark had to do a bit of editing. And I was just ruminating on it and thinking about what that was. And um, then Mark prayed about roots. I thought, oh, okay, that's good. And then at the end, Kathy, Kathy said, I've had a picture about roots. And it's da 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 I think, I think God's saying something here about roots, don't you think? But what was it he was wanting to say to us? At the prayer meeting, we felt that that picture, well, I need to say, the picture that I had, funnily enough, Kathy saw a similar thing. I don't know what she saw, but when I described or she described, it wasn't quite like that one. It was much finer. It was this clump of really fine root network that was just so tangled and connected. You couldn't see the beginning of one and the end of another, and you couldn't tease it apart. It was so knitted. And I felt that God was saying, this is what he wants us to be like. This is what church is meant to be. Knitted together, connected, joined, tangled up in each other's lives in a positive way. You know, Psalm 133 says, I think it is, I didn't check it, but I'm pretty sure it is. I'm beginning to wonder. It says, how good and pleasant it is where brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. There, I tell you, there is such sweetness in unity. For there, God bestows the blessing. It is a wonderful thing. There's an ease and a flow to whatever you're doing. No stumbling disagreements, misunderstandings or arguments. We all know where we stand and we're supporting one another. There's a great sense of achievement. And that's God's desire for us. And knowing that and understanding, you can go away from me and have that picture of roots and think, okay, I've got that picture. Now it's about me. How do I network and connect and become more unified with the rest of the body? But there's something else about roots you need to know. Any good gardeners in the house this morning or any average gardeners? Anybody who likes gardening, stick your hands up. We have a small percentage, usually the older fraternity. I like watching Gardeners World now, and I used to think it was so boring when I was a youngster. It's amazing how you change. Anyway, um, yeah, when you transplant a bush, a shrub, or whatever, you know to take careful handling of the roots. Protect the roots, and it will be fine in its new location, as long as it's in the right spot, and you put feed in it. But, and yeah, you... You take the soil around, you dig broadly around it, very careful with the roots. If you don't, it's liable to suffer and even die. So you have to be very careful when you're transplanting a plant to guard the root. That's its life. Let's just have a wee look. Take care of the roots. Ah. And the fruit will take care of itself. Okay. Yes, Sarah. Come here. Wait a moment. The most important thing with roots is not to let them dry out. I like that one. Tuck that in your top pocket. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, roses, as an example, they sprang to mind. Sorry, tulips aren't quite... Are there any roses coming? I don't know. Oh, there might be. Okay. Let's just have a look. Oh, yes. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Um, 
If you cultivate the roots of roses by digging in plenty of manure and good feed, there will be plenty of roses. The garden doesn't stand there stroking the leaves saying, oh, you're a lovely plant. Well, they might actually. Occasionally I do talk to mine. It does work, apparently. Yeah. No, the gardener gives attention to the root and the top of the plant takes care of itself. Okay, admittedly, it needs a bit of pruning and da-da-da and every analogy breaks down, but just, you know, just take the essence of what I'm saying. Unless it's fed properly, it won't bear roses. Prune it all you like, but if it's not fed, it will not grow properly. So, do you see what the Lord's saying? Yeah, okay. Now, we might be concerned about bearing fruit as a church, yeah? Seeing people born again, added in, we see salvations. Commendable, absolutely. But unless we cultivate our roots, which what, this is what God is saying to us, we won't see the fruit that we're hoping for, or it might come in small amounts. But if we can embrace this and understand it, I'm going to go on to application, so don't worry if you're thinking, well, I don't know what to do. Fruit is the consequence of a, a well-fed root. Okay. So, what does it have to do with us practically? Well, I've thought of two things to consider. Firstly, we need to develop our family life. Simple. Simples. We've heard that already this morning, haven't we? Do stuff together. Let's have fun. Invite someone over for coffee. Go out to Cafe Zero, Nero, for a coffee. <laughs> or just do something creative together. You know, we are the most creative people on earth. We are. Yes, say you are creative. Say I am creative. I am. I, you know, you're more creative than you realize. Your brain functions on about 5% or something of its total capacity. There's room for growth. So let's get our creative thoughts going. One Saturday a month is devoted to doing something practically, you know, as us. 12th of March, be there or be square. Okay, so make a point. Make, take the opportunity because we can get to know each other better when we're just walking down the road or sitting over a cup of tea in a tea room somewhere eating lots of yummy cakes and things like that. I hope that's on the list, by the way. Is it? <laughs> tea rooms? Uh, mind you, it might not cost. Well, it's optional, I suppose, if you bring sandwiches. But don't eat them in the tea rooms. You get into trouble. So we can do stuff together. And it doesn't have to be super spiritual. It can just be really mundane. Helping one another doing stuff. Pete helped me one time. Do you remember that fence panel? Glory to God. Moving houses. Moving houses. It, I, tell you, I tell you, as a church... <laughs> Some of you will definitely remember, we used to have teams. So when we were in life groups, or house groups as they were, we would gang up. That's not quite the word I'm looking for. We would gang up to support somebody who was moving house. So we wouldn't get in the removal people in. We would hire a van, and we would all muck in. So all the fellas would be lifting all the heavy stuff. The ladies would be doing smaller bits, making sandwiches and cups of coffee. It was great. And you'd have plenty to eat and all sorts. And you just got to know people. And we were serving and helping. And there is nothing like serving together to build friendship and relationship. It's, it's just great. Um, so doing stuff together is good. Secondly, we're like spokes on a wheel. 
Okay? Jesus is the hub. And the closer we get to Jesus, the closer we become to each other. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Does anybody know that? It's a great memory verse. It's so easy to learn, isn't it? Jeremiah 33. 3. The Lord said, call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you deep and unsearchable things that you do not know. Now that is true. Okay. I just want to assure you. And I want to know those things that I don't know. That are unsearchable. I tell you, it's quite shocking when he does do stuff like that. But there's a prerequisite. We, and by the way, I'm on to the second point. Sorry, we are family. The next bit is, it's about my walk with Jesus. And my getting closer to the hub and in so doing, getting closer to one another. That word call upon me. The root connection is with another word, which means to accost somebody. Mm. Pete, mm. you need to come now. I need you. Mm. Yeah. I arrest you in the name of the Lord. <laughs> you know, there is something very <clears throat> about it. Yeah. And sometimes we get forced to that place with God by just life cramming in on us and crushing or trying to and we say god i need help now okay son i'm right here i remember the day and i may have told you before i woke up on a monday morning and it was that monday morning feeling and it was like oh god i've got to go to work and i've got to see all these people and i've just got oh i can't face it i just feel terrible i was driving to work saying i remember something from my gut saying god help me god come God, help me, please, I need help this morning. I just knit something deep, was calling to deep. And I got into the, um, the building and I opened up the, the room I was using and expecting my first person at nine o'clock. And I just felt like Jesus came into the room and stood there. He said, yeah, I'm here. And it was like, I'm here. My nine o'clock cancelled, by the way, so I had a bit of time, which is great. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, I just felt I, could, I can picture the room now and I can picture where he was stood behind the door. Kind of the door opens. My desk was there and he was just standing there in the room, just facing me. And it was the most amazing thing. It was like he was totally unfazed. Yeah. I'm here. What would you like? It was like, uh, 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 well. Wow, God, you're amazing. And I felt all this stuff lift off me, all this trouble and grief and woe and depression. and oh, oh. His presence came. Wow, what a change. But I was calling, and that's the thing. We, we have to sometimes, it's so easy to sort of pray on the run, isn't it? And, and you, and, <clears throat> we have to set aside that time and space, don't we? To call on him. Jesus said in Matthew, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Um, so it's a prerequisite. We have to do the ask, seek, look, find. How am I doing for time, by the way? Because I'm coming. Okay. And you know, it's not that God doesn't want to speak to us. 
But he set principles in place for us to step into. And we also have to have a place where we can call and where we can listen. It might literally be a place where we can focus on the Lord, shut out the world, or it could be a frame of mind that you have to come to. It's usually easier to do that in a particular place, isn't it, to come into that frame of mind. We're called to a relationship with God that is two-way, and he does want to communicate to us. He wants to answer the cries of our heart. I heard it last year that we each need, now don't take this the wrong way, we each need to have a sanctuary in our house. And I had all these images of like Roman Catholicism and statues of Mary and rosary beads in the corner of the, the hallway or something. No, 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 no. And she was meaning... Everyone needs that special place, whether it's a seat in the garden or on the edge of your bed or a favourite armchair or a walk in the woods that you go to that, that's quiet and undisturbed. And you know what? The enemy wants to destroy that place because he knows that if our link with heaven It can never be broken, by the way, except by choice, our own. That link with heaven, if he can convince us that heaven has closed and become as brass, ha, he's got one up. But we will never, we can, God will always hear us when we pray, no matter what we're feeling, what's going on. But it's good. To feel like you're getting through. You can't rely on feelings, but they do help. And there's nothing wrong with them. But we have to learn to negotiate. It's the word first. The feelings, okay, they must come into submission to the word. So find that place with the Lord. Now, as I was preparing, I really felt strongly, and I hope I'm not missing anything. Here we go. We're up to speed. I felt really strongly the Lord had a burden for us to read the word and to become a people who are in his word regularly as lifestyle. Hands up if you've ever found it hard reading the word. Absolutely. I wonder why. Now, this burden, it wasn't because that's what Christians are meant to do. But God knows that as we read, there is a supernatural exchange of strength that comes from heaven. And it can come no other way. There is power in this book. It is supernatural. And we need to prepare our hearts when we come to read. Father, you know, you've got a lot of stuff going on. You need to acknowledge and just say, right, Father, I just now I'm just wanting to devote some time to you. Just want to be able to read this. Please help me to receive it. I open my heart to receive what the word is saying. Sometimes for me, it's snatched in the morning. um, And I'm rushing. So much to think about later. Not being late for work and all the rest. You know, we call on God for strength or wisdom or direction or revelation. And to know his will. And he implores us, read my word. Read my word. There's so much of the answers within my word. So that is a, uh, an encouragement to us. He's not a God with a big stick. 
He has provided us sustenance, but we must eat of it. His word will feed our roots, so we will bear fruit. We will see fruit. Jeremiah 6, 16. I love this. I'm just going to read it because it's great. Thus saith the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. You know, sometimes there's no getting away from it. The old-fashioned way is the right way. Get your time with God. James 6, verse 16. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You know, the enemy wants to throw all sorts of lies upon our relationship with God. You know, and I bet, because I've experienced it, you feel like God's against you. You're kind of fighting God at times, and, and, you know, all the circumstances, it's being sent by God, and it's too hard, and God, why did you do it? You get angry with God. He can handle that, by the way. But actually, we have an enemy that's trying to interfere because he knows we have such power when we come into his presence. Now, don't be discouraged if you feel you don't come anywhere near the mark. God is the God of all encouragement. Let's just read a little bit in John. I am going to draw to a close fairly shortly. Bear with me. Let's just whiz through some of these. John 15, 16. There's another memory verse. That's easy. 15, 16 in John. You did not choose me. This is Jesus speaking. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Wow, that's a promise and a half, isn't it? God has not left us alone. Jumping backwards, John 14, um, 16 to 18, his promise. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Verse 26, over the page. My page anyway. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. This is what God has done. However, you know, it's really hard praying on your own, isn't it? You ever get distracted and go off track? Yeah. Well, not only has he given us the Holy Spirit, but he's given us one another as well. And we've been hearing about the Thunderbirds family it is together that we will support and encourage one another. So it is our walk individually, but we also have a walk corporately. And this is what we're in now. We are in this walk corporately as Freedom Church. And did you know there is a war against the church gathering? But more so, there is a war against the church gathering with the express purpose of engaging with heaven to pray, worship, and wait on the Lord. And why? Because that's where things really change. That's where deliverance comes. Have you received something this morning? Have you been encouraged, strengthened, blessed? Yeah. Why is that? The church came together to seek the living God. Circumstances shift, so we believe Neve will be improving. She will feel a lot better by the end of this day. We change. We receive something fresh from heaven, encouragement, light, life. 
faith, healing. Shall I go on? Do you remember the phrase I used? And I am really honestly getting very close to the end. Praise until the worship comes. Worship until the glory comes. And stay under the glory. God wants to stretch us. So, let us give him our devotion. And as we come together, let it be with a new sense of reverence and expectation. The living God is in our midst, wanting to impart life. We are worshipping the living God. Let's remember that. I think we need a restoring of awe and holy fear, really. Not to be fearful, but to have that sense of he is the awesome one. He deserves our attention. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.